WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Thursday, December the 7th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube as we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, Don Stenzelin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Phil Almquist, Anthony Dorenzo, the associate producers. We are absolutely loaded on this Thursday morning, Pearl Harbor Day. As FDR once famously said, a date which will live in infamy. Or as Miguel Cardona might say later today, a day which will live with the infantry. (laughs) Or something like that. I'm sure he'll screw it up. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Thursday. Yes. Gregory? Wow. (laughs) Wow. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. All I can say is wow. That's right. Uh, by the way, has Penn President Liz McGill, uh, has she has she resigned yet? Because I think that's going to come today. Yeah, that could be on the way. Well, it's either resign or go through the spanking machine with Governor Josh Shapiro. So we had, she, yeah. she released a video. Oh, she did? Apo- like apologizing last <laughs> night, which means her resignation. <laughs> and when I say resignation, I mean resignation in quotations yeah. uh, is not... Is not far behind. Well, you know what? When you get woke and then you take scripts from lawyers and prepared statements, you look like an idiot when you start to relay that to the public and everyone's like, well, that was kind of tone deaf. Yeah. yeah. You want to uh, backpedal a little bit here? Maybe make a U-turn? Ouch. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, and her, you can tell the, I can't wait to play this for you guys because it's so scripted yeah. and so like, whew. Contrived. Yeah. Yep. It just just didn't understand the questions and no. was answering different questions and wasn't listening properly. It's like, come on, sweetheart. And I was told that these were the educated and the enlightened folk of yeah, the world. Exactly. The Ivy League, eighty-two grand a year tuition. Uh huh. Okay. Kevin McCarthy will leave Congress at the end of the year. You can kiss the Fourteenth Amendment goodbye. And uh, maybe we're kissing goodbye and saying goodbye and waving bye-bye to one or maybe two people oh from the debate oh last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some beatdowns in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, but usually they happen on the football field. We had it last night on the debate stage. By the way, News Nation, Channel 239 on Dish, if you have that. <laughs> wow. Uh, just a little sneak preview. The winner last night, uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump, because those, those who didn't watch, <laughs> there's a lot of winners except for those that showed and up. Megan Kelly's hair extensions. Those oh, four, yeah. those four just destroyed each other. I know. He's actually, it's actually brilliant of him not to get into this fray. It really because is because it just looks what a train wreck. Oh God, we'll break it down. I've got notes. I've got thoughts. I saw a lot of people tweeting about it last night. We'll get to it at the bottom of the hour, which tells you what I actually think about it. If it's not in the big take. <laughs> 
But it will be in, uh, as they would say in the TV industry, it'll be in the B block coming up at the bottom of the hour. Yeah. All right. Don Stenzel in 604, round number one of the news. Take us away, dear. Yes, good morning. December 7th, some flurries possibly in the forecast. We'll tell you when and give you a timeline weather-wise. We are sponsored this morning in Kale & Company News Live, sponsored by Consumer Cellular. So, yes, Pearl Harbor, this day in infamy, December 7th, 1941. I know that the uh, USS New Jersey, Battleship New Jersey, will actually have commemorations today, and we'll, people will be gathered for uh, commemorations from many World War II vets and loved ones, family members, remember, remembering Pearl Harbor Day. We also have today, still we are on jury verdict lookout with Johnny jo- Johnny Dock, John Dockerty in this embezzlement trial. They continue to deliberate, so we're watching that very carefully this morning. And yes, the University of Pennsylvania under fire after President Liz McGill's comments at the congressional hearing that we've talked about on anti-Semitism earlier this week, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro calling her responses shameful. Shame. Wow. Perf- wow. Perfect way to characterize it. Yes. Unacceptable. Oh, man. So there are many calls, as uh, Greg and Nick alluded to, many calls for her to resign, to be fired, and then to reevaluate the Ivy League school's policies McGill is now walking back her comments, defending herself in that new videotaped response that Greg Stocker referred to that Greg will show us or, you know, play for us. But I will say as well, remember yesterday I told you that students, two more students filed their lawsuit, their civil thing, their civil rights were violated. And we had told you that had followed her actual testimony on Capitol Hill. Yeah. By the way, too, some people tweeting me over the last couple of days about this. Oh, I thought you were anti-cancel culture, Kale. There's a difference between cancel culture and not condemning the hatred towards a specific group of individuals. So you can take that and take that up the street. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's oranges and apples, people. That's right. That's and right. She's going to cancel herself yeah. by, by exactly. what she didn't say. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I don't even understand that one. I know. Uh, we have a real, real, some tragedy this morning after we know that, according to Philadelphia police, one person dead, two people critically injured after that shooting inside a, courting, a corner store in Kensington. This is such a tragic story. We know that one man is dead. Two others right now this morning are in critical condition. That triple shooting in North Philadelphia happened just before 5 p.m. Hancock Street in the Fairhill neighborhood where they found three men suffering from gunshot wounds inside inside a corner store. So a 34-year-old man was shot twice in the head, once in his chest. He was rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. According to police, he was the son of of the 61-year-old man who was, it was a father-son, a family mom-and-pop type shop here. So according to all the witnesses, the community, everyone is very upset because these were lovely individuals, I I believe um, Spanish being their first language, and uh, the father, 61-year-old dad, he in fact survived but is in critical condition. We're told that another man in his mid-20s, a customer in the store at the time, he is uh, also <clears throat> in critical condition, so no arrests at this time. I-, I know that that many in the community were saying 
this was an armed robbery. Police not releasing a whole lot of details on this one. Mm. So hopefully they know who they're looking for. A lot of surveillance cameras in that area. But we're watching this one very carefully. And uh, just such a tragic situation as a community, as well as a, a family right before the holiday season of Hanukkah beginning tonight at sundown. And then, of course, weeks away from Christmas. What, what a real tragedy there in Philadelphia and an iconic family store, you know, being targeted by crime in Philadelphia. So I do want to update you on, um, you know, making up might be hard to do, but making up is good to do. Yeah. And days after the sideline dust up that, as you know, um, we talked about it, resulted from the San Francisco 49ers linebacker, Dre Greenlaw, as well as our own Philadelphia Eagles head of security, Dom DeSandro. Uh, they were ejected. There was all that drama. Uh, Dom, by the way, getting that standing ovation. Hashtag I stand with Dom. I do too. Right, we we all love him. Yeah, I never I never met a Dom I didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) And so they released a statement. They were speaking to the media first of all, but they've made up. They say that they exchanged a formal apology, and um, they 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 made up. So they see they spoke well of each other. Said you know he seemed like a genuine guy, and. you know, we're we're really sorry that this escalated to this situation. And then I did see that the Eagles put out a reminder, much like, you know, when we get a memo and it's really to one person, but yeah. they send out like the, the sweeping memo. Right. So, you know, how we get those memos like, hey, oh, yeah. remember, don't touch your coworker. Right. No, no excessive cologne use throughout the Odyssey headquarters. <laughs> People you- are allergic to stuff like that. <laughs> Well, maybe they they will exchange. Dre and Dom will exchange some nice cologne. Yeah, Dom got him a Christmas card, and Dre said, uh, "Well, I reside out in the Napa Valley area. I get you a nice bottle of red." There you go. So we've got that going on. We've got our Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, the big return for Kelly Oubre. He scored what ten ten points, but the big score as we won against the Wizards. We won, uh, I mean, Joel Embiid, fifty points. Fifty. 50. Half a hundo. Nice. <laughs> wow. That was funny. All right. So uh, so we won. We're the winners. We only won by five, but we're still the winners. So, so we, needed, we needed 50 from Joel to win by five points. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Do those percentages. Exactly that's like one right. of those complex math problems. There you right? go. We have so much going on today. Nick's great. Big take. And as well, of course, breaking down what happened last night. But I do want to get to the forecast. Because this is important. We do have some flurries. We we all remember how Nick Kale was very excited about the flurries. What was that a week ago? So the flurries will begin around 8.15 this morning. Okay. Okay. So 32 degrees right now. Feels like 27 and partly cloudy out there. But we will see snow, at least in the city of Philadelphia, heavier north to northwest of the city. But between 8.30-ish... And then, you know, intensifying a little bit right during the dawn show. So before the dawn show is over by noon, Mm -hmm. the snow is over. Great. So I'm going to be... uh, (laughs) uh, Might as well stay here. Yeah, I'm going to be distracted (laughs) around 8.15 in the cut sheet when I look out the window and I see those big flurries coming down. (laughs) Well, what was that, Greg? Could you play that clip again? I'm sorry. I got distracted. (laughs) So the deal is that we warm up. So by 1 o'clock-ish, we are 39 degrees and we continue that warm up into the 40s by you know by 5 p.m. We're at 41 degrees, for example. 
So that's why the snow, it's not going to stick. It will be very purty, hopefully not too messy. So 43 degrees, the high today with that snow mid-morning. And then tomorrow, we begin this big warm-up. Friday, bright, sunny skies, 51 degrees for your Friday. Saturday, 51 also. So Friday and Saturday look um, nice and sunny. However, 64, remember we talked about the Alberta Clipper. That's on coming on Sunday, 64 degrees for your Sunday with that big change in the weather. But with the 64 degrees, with the warm-up, 80% chance of precipitation, a whole lot of rain and a whole lot of wind. Sometimes those winds could exceed 50 miles per hour. All right. It's a good thing the Eagles are playing in Dallas on Sunday. Then. Amen, brother. Okay. So Consumer Cellular, thank you for sponsoring our news and Kale & Company News Live, offering unlimited talk and text, every plan starting $20 per month. Stay connected in the rain, sleet, and snow with their premium nationwide 5G coverage. No contract, free activation. Visit ConsumerCellular.com. Switch today, Kale & Company News Live. All right, Don, thank you very much. 6.13, Thursday morning as we get ready for another Big Take. The Big Take on Kale & Company. Kiss the 14th Amendment goodbye. The 14th Amendment has several clauses in it, which include the Due Process Clause as well as the Equal Protection Clause. Essentially, what the Equal Protection Clause says is that individuals in similar situations shall be treated equally by the law. A primary motivation for this clause was to validate the equality provisions contained in the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which guaranteed that all citizens would have the guaranteed right to equal protection by law. Well, you can throw that right out the window in 2023 in Portland, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest capital of left-wing lunacy, where Portland public schools must now consider race, gender identity, and sexual orientation when disciplining students. That is right. In the woke world of identity politics, the Portland public school system will now do the complete opposite of the intentions of the 14th Amendment. Following a teacher's strike, a new collective bargaining agreement with the teachers' union will now require school officials to consider students' gender identity and or race if they are deemed to have violated the rules. So if you are a disruptive presence on school grounds during school hours, your discipline will vary depending on who you are. According to the school district, quote, when a student exhibits continuous disruptive behavior, school officials must develop a support plan for the student, which can include disciplinary measures such as detention. That plan must take into consideration the impact of issues related to the student's trauma, race, gender identity, and presentation, sexual orientation, and restorative justice as appropriate for the student, end quote. Think about this insanity. This is complete madness. This is basically saying that anybody who is not a straight white cis male is automatically deemed to have been dealt a crummy hand in life, which explains why they're acting up in school. They've automatically presumed to have been dealing with trauma for a majority of their life, and we should coddle these individuals because of who they are and how they appear as opposed to disciplining them for actions. What about this? Here's a curveball, everybody. What if the disruptive student is a minority who identifies as LGBTQ+, but lives a charmed life? Has everything they could ever ask for. Two loving parents. They make a lot of money and accept their kid for who or what they are. 
Do they still get preferential treatment and punishment? And what this is doing is continuing to perpetuate the fraud and assumption that anyone not white, not male, and not heterosexual is somehow a victim in today's society, when in reality, most are not. So I think moving forward, if you're a student facing discipline and you want the same same leniency, just tell your teacher you're transitioning. Actually, Mr. Jones, I'm gay. Am I off the hook? Oh, I'm not? Okay. Earlier this year, for example, the Biden administration released a memo urging schools to refrain from suspending students for truancy, you know, not showing up for school or showing up late, arguing that significant disparities by race have persisted in the application of student discipline. School districts in Washington and Illinois, meanwhile, have adopted disciplinary policies that aim to provide a culturally responsive and restorative approach to student discipline. I want you to listen to Rebecca Heinrichs, mother of five, who was on Fox News to talk about how backwards this policy is, and also you will hear from a former teachers' union leader talking about how broken that system is. Is Listen. Oh, it's completely backwards, and there's like implied racism in it. I mean, you do not tell a child that because of his or her skin color that they're going to get a lesser punishment because there's something about that that's driving them to, to you know, to be to skip school or something you know it's it's it really kind of takes away the dignity of the child and the choice and the autonomy and the autonomy there's nothing in a child that is driving them to behave the way regardless of what's going on um in their circumstances and so i think it's just it really is actually a racist policy interesting take kevin you know the biden administration has said before that disciplinary measures are inherent within those racist they've deployed a sort of a, a civil rights approach to discipline that they say bakes into which is racism already you know on this one i have an opinion and here it is i spent half my career in the educational software business trying to advance reading and math scores in the hundred and ten thousand school buildings in our country and i learned that this union um, structure is broken from this perspective we're talking about punishing students when really parents who pay the taxes to support this and pay teachers have never been answered this question. Why does a union not reward good teachers that advance in terms of metrics that they have to advance in to get into college, which is reading and math scores, and punish the ones that are no good at it? Instead, we form a union for teachers that protects the bad teachers from ever getting fired. It's a cancer in our educational system. That's what I believe. So when I see these narratives and I see people worrying about this stuff and spending money, litigating it sometimes, I say to myself, no, that's not what we should be doing. We should be saying to the unions, sitting down with them, saying, look, we understand union structure, but we want to change the metrics. If you can't teach a child, we have to be able to fire you and get you out of the system because you're no good at your job. What a concept. Fire teachers that are not good at their job? Teachers that fail? Who knew? Instead, we're pushing kids through and graduating them, even if they don't meet the passing threshold. And speaking of teachers' unions, just give me a minute or so on everyone's favorite union boss, Randy Weingarten. You know her, the one who is a stone liar, who failed children time and time again during the pandemic. Headline from the New York Post Teachers union boss blames math test slide on COVID after being one of those fighting to keep remote learning. So I guess she finally did the math, huh? The leader of the second largest teachers union in the U.S. linked the worldwide drop in math scores on a key international test 
to the COVID-19 pandemic, during which she had lobbied against a full return to in-person learning. American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten issued a statement that said remote learning was to blame for the drop in the 2022 PISA, Program for International Student Assessment, and Math Evaluation after scores were released just on Tuesday. Quote, worldwide, the extraordinary drop in math and reading scores shows how detrimental the COVID-19 pandemic was and its aftermath was to student learning and highlights just how important it is that we prepare now so we're not caught off guard during another public health crisis, Weingarten said. Quote, in-person learning is where kids do best, which is why educators and their unions worked so hard to reopen U.S. schools for safe in-person learning beginning back in April of 2020 and why we've spent the last several years following the pandemic prioritizing public schooling and investing in real solutions that help kids recover and thrive, she added. That statement right there should make you want to vomit because we know she was caught lying in emails, playing politics at the expense of your child's development. Weingarten had fought the Trump administration's push to reopen schools nationwide in July of 2020, reportedly calling Trump's decision reckless and cruel as millions of Americans were sickened with and dying of COVID-19. She then successfully lobbied the Biden administration to put the brakes on a full reopening and allow some teachers to work remotely in the winter of 2021. And what was her punishment? And when will she be held accountable? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Never mind. We should consider Randy's gender identity and sexual orientation before issuing any discipline, right? I think that's how it works, at least in Portland, right? And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, big take this morning. If you want to jump in, thoughts and reaction, you can certainly do so. 855-839-1210, the phone number on social media at 1210WPHT, or join the Kale and Company comment community on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe button and comment on the show today. Coming up next, the fourth Republican primary is in the books. Did you watch on News Nation last night? Live from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Biggest winners, biggest losers. Takeaways, reactions. We'll get to the debacle that was the fourth GOP debate last night when we come back. It's Kale and Company live here on this Thursday morning. Nick Dawn and Greg on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm riding with the Philadelphia Eagles on a Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. I'm taking the Eagles with a money line plus 148. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's all for courtesy of FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. That's $150 if your team wins. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg to sign up right now. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. Right now, if you go to the FanDuel app, you can look at the Eagles here. And how about this uh, four-leg saving a party? J- uh, Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, anytime touchdown. Tony Pollard, anytime touchdown. A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown. You, you can wager 10 bucks and get $141 if they all hit. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210WPHD and the NFL. 21 and over, President PA. First online room money wager, only $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. 
Bonus issued does not withdraw but bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Kale and Company On Demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Thursday morning. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back in. Kale and Company. We're live here on December the 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. Nick, Dawn, Greg. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. We are easier to find from a visual perspective than a debate on News Nation. Apparently, they were doing some uh, maintenance last night in the middle of the night on on the Odyssey app. Oh, were they? So, um, if you are having trouble, you know, if you're listening or watching on YouTube or you're listening on uh, on the radio, mm-hmm. and you want and you opened it and it wasn't working, just restart your phone. Okay, and it should work. There you go. Little so, reboot action. Yeah, just reboot it. Yes. Reboot it. Which I think Nikki Haley and perhaps Chris Ooh. Christie should hit the reboot restart button. Ooh. Last night, uh, some observations. We'll have some conversation on this. Takeaways and reactions from the fourth Republican primary debate in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I thought Megan Kelly, with the electability question for all of the candidates right out of the gate, was fantastic. She was strong. She made no bones about it. I mean, she essentially came out and tried to point out all of the weaknesses or failures of these four candidates so far, not named Donald Trump. She comes out and obliterates DeSantis, basically, hey, you were supposed to be the guy to take the torch and run from Donald Trump. You've failed to do so so far. Uh, and then I thought DeSantis had a great answer. DeSantis essentially saying, you know what, I am so sick and tired of hearing about polls. We heard red wave, red wave, red wave in the midterms of 2022, and I'm one of the only people that actually delivered. In fact, he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, that he was not supposed to win in such blowout fashion, yet he did. Um, so I thought he did a good job with that. I would say he was probably the biggest winner. I think Nikki and Christy probably the biggest losers. Vivek, I thought, was a pistol again. You know, some like him, some think he's a fraud. I think he has a future. Uh, Megan then nukes Vivek Ramaswamy, basically claiming that some people believe what I just said, that he is a bit of a fraud. Uh, and then he goes on the counterattack and doesn't go really banging back at Megan, but he starts doing what he's done for the last couple of debates, going after Nikki Haley as their uh, feud continues. But be- before he went after Nikki Haley... He butters up Ron DeSantis. I thought I was watching like a two-on-one tag team wrestling match on Monday Night Raw. Where like two, like these two just basically were like focusing all of their attention and disdain on Nikki Haley. And then I thought, for my last takeaway was I thought Vivek nailed it when he mentions Larry Fink and BlackRock and how Nikki Haley supports and endorses and was actually backed by Larry Fink, who is basically the king of woke ESG, environmental, social governance, that whole mumbo-jumbo nonsense that we sit there and we say, why are these corporations doing all of these ads like this and nobody responds to it? Because it's about the social credit score. I think if you're a Republican and another Republican hits you with, well, you've been backed by Larry Fink, like that could be career suicide right there. That could that could end your career because if you're associated with that guy, 
I sit here and I wonder, are you really a conservative? I have my doubts. So those were kind of some of my takeaways from last night. I, I thought really you could characterize it as a big cluster F. I thought it was really a, a bleep show that I couldn't take my eyes off of for about 45. I, I, I got out of it around 8.52. I watched just under half of it, and I was like, all right, I've seen all I need to see. Well, it was. I agree with you. The first, especially 25 minutes, were just a melee. It was just a melee. It, it was. was a hot mess. It was. And the moderators, ultimately, I think Megyn Kelly did the best job of getting things under control. Yep. But the others, there was one point where I said, did the moderators uh, go out for ladies' night? They just went out for a cocktail (laughs) because there was nothing from them. Mm -hmm. But I thought at some point, I actually thought after the hot mess, after they and they were going after Nikki Haley too, but at some point it was like nine, I don't know, it was... How long did it go on? Two hours? I'm going to say 9.25. It was scheduled 8 to 10 on the TV guide. Yeah, so 9.25, (laughs) TV guide. Ron DeSantis hit his stride. And I thought, wow, you know what? He is stronger than I've ever seen him, Mm -hmm. ever. Yep. And he was pushing back. So maybe this is, maybe the Gavin Newsom debate just showed him, I don't know, maybe he's getting better at this. But I so I thought that on if you had a transcript, a written transcript mm-hmm. of what happened last night, you would look at ever the content of what Ron DeSantis said, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm going to say here, um, and you would say, "Wow, on policy, mm-hmm. every answer fantastic." Yeah. He brought it home, and he is somebody who can say in Florida he. He has done, he's not, this is not just, these are not just words. He has put into action these plans. He has been consistent. He has good, high quality, consistent policy. Right. We've talked about this. He's a good policy guy. Mm -hmm. The problem is that his demeanor and his affect, Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what do you play? When I look at him, I think of mustard. Yeah. (laughs) Mustard. I can't get that out of my mustard, <laughs> mustard. Yeah. And you know what? It's maybe it's it's, and I'm not saying this just about you, but for all of us, maybe it's sad, maybe it's petty. And I think if if somehow, and I know some people just can't do this, but if you ju- if you're a Trump guy who knows DeSantis is a good governor, but doesn't think it's his time, doesn't think he was loyal, didn't wait patiently. If you remove all of that, if you're a conservative and you want results. DeSantis is the guy that you want eventually someday. There's like, I know we've talked about, and I'll, look, I think he's had a really good, strong week. I mm-hmm. thought he mopped up Gavin Newsom. I thought he was really good again last night. He's had about a seven or eight day stretch in the calendar where, like, you could say the stock is up again for DeSantis. But I noticed when he was standing there in the intros and also in between yeah. other people talking, most people put their hands on the podium. Mm-hmm. He was like he's, this. He's got his hands at his yeah. side. Like, yeah. like, like what is that? Hands on his hips. Like, yes. dude, what are you doing? <laughs> he's sashaying. He, I know. He's so, uh, he's so bizarre. Like, yeah. What are you doing? I, I, it's funny that you think that he was, he was the best out of last night. I actually think Vivek was the best out of last night. Okay. Um, but I, I think who I, absolutely was got destroyed was Nikki Haley. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I think that she was she was exposed last night. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've I mean, her only hope now is that um, the majority of the country didn't watch. <laughs> um because she she was exposed last night and Vivek he went in there as as a sniper mm-hmm. and he just he just took her yep. out. Now look, at at the end of the day, 
you know, the majority, you know, the mainstream person who doesn't, you know, follow it like we do, mm-hmm. might look at Vivek as a smarmy d bag. Mm-hmm. For us, yeah. it's it was it was gold. I mean, he was just he was just hammering her and hammering her and hammering her, and and all of them, not just her, but he he especially went after her. Um, and I just think you know she tried to kind of stay above it, mm-hmm. but I just think that she just looked. I hate to say this, it's weak. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think Vivek hitting her with the ESG Larry Finch yes. stuff was good. Uh, yeah. That was a mic drop moment. DeSantis on Nikki Haley with the relationship with China and taking money. Another mic drop moment. She had moments where like it felt like between Vivek and DeSantis focusing and honing in on her, like they tried to portray her as a swamp creature, the Republican version of Hillary Clinton. I mean, like, there was a lot of things where it's like, wow, you look at Nikki Haley and you're like, now she fired back to her credit where, you know, she tried to say this, that, or the other thing. But there was no doubt about it. The The plan was, it's almost as if they read the polls and they're like, man, Nikki's doing really well. Yeah. It's time to go on the offensive at her. But yeah, then they- she... But then she lied. I'm sorry, Don. But then she lied about what she said about about uh, registering social media users. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, it- I think, to your point, though, with, with Nikki, clearly they're, they're going after Nikki Haley. Sure. But to me, watching it, the moments that I cringed at, when Vivek, for example, was saying, you know, you're sending people's sons and daughters yep. um, to, re- you know, regions of, you know, conflict across across the globe, and name the provinces, for yeah. example, name in, in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and she kind of balked at that, but then, instead of her pivoting and just spitting, you know, one liner to which you always should have, right? You should yeah. always have like that chat, you know, GBT or whatever comment that Chrissy had. You always want a one liner to just, just bat, bat them away. Mm-hmm. But instead she went Crimea and you know, and it was almost it was like a jeopardy thing where right. then she's trying to think of it. And I, so I thought that was a very bad look mm-hmm. and she didn't take command yep. because you are, you are applying for a job as commander in chief. Mm-hmm. To me, one of the most—I know you won't. Maybe you don't see it like this. It was cringeworthy when Chris Christie then defended was, her. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when he said, "Now wait a minute," and Chris Christie commanded. If you want to say who had a commanding overall presence, as I know Vivek did too, mm-hmm. but Chris Christie came off as. Hey, I'm I'm the I'm the fourth moderator here, mm-hmm. you know, and and took over and yep. had that powerful presence. Yeah. But the one thing I'll say real quick, just as a woman, when when he was defending Nikki Haley, and I know you'll play the clip. I'm gonna play it right now. She actually. sort of she sort of looks down, and her eyes go down, and she diver- She kind of looks like, it, oh well, thank you yeah. for mm-hmm. being my you are oh. 100% oh, my knight in shining yes. armor. Which, Thank you for which coming to my defense. What he said, he's yes. like, we're not here to debate the four of us. We're here to debate against Donald Trump, who won't show up. Yep. And then he basically is like the big brother trying to protect Nikki. That is that is going to be the clip that yep. makes all the news stories today yep. and makes all the uh, morning news shows. And, and, and it 
I agree with Dawn. It it made her look like she needed Chris Christie to yeah. come in. He thought he was doing maybe he didn't, because he's he's a little diabolical. Mm-hmm. So maybe he knew what he was doing. Yes, right. of course he did. But but it made Nikki Haley look like she couldn't defend herself. Uh guys in the back, if we can go to uh, cut fifteen here, Chris Christie, uh this is exactly what uh, uh, uh Dawn was talking about, uh where he stepped in and defended Nikki Haley for uh at against Vivek Ramaswamy. Cut 15, guys, go. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable... That's not my deal. That's that, not my yeah, deal yes, it's exactly what I'll, you I'll said. You do this you. at every debate. I'll just, I'll you say, exactly no, no, don't interrupt me. I didn't interrupt you. Okay? You tell say this, you, you, do this and, you do go this at every debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you out on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to I'll say tell you what. Exactly no, what I, I said, Chris. I'm not I done yet. Well, this now is now look. This is nonsense. Is not a spear. This is not a spear. Nonsense. This is the fourth debate. The fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm going to respond to that. I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence. Yeah. Not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look. If you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is long as she's even started to vote in a Republican primary. Yeah. Wow. Now, I mean, let me ask you this. Is there any doubt about it that once uh, Sloppy drops out, he's endorsing Nikki? I mean, that, that to me was right there. That was the endorsement of him once he concedes yeah. that he wants Nikki. And there's almost a divide on the stage. It, it, it felt like at that moment that here comes Chris Christie. He jumps into the ring, and now mm-hmm. it's a two-on-two tag match. Now, he denied that with because he had a long interview with Dana Bash afterwards on mm-hmm. CNN in the, in the aftermath post room. Mm-hmm. And so he said, she said, oh, have you formed an alliance? And he said, and Chris Christie said, no. You know, there's no alliance. I just, I just felt that it was wrong, and you shouldn't insult it. So he looked like the gentleman, and he looked like, hey, I'm the guy who took control, and that was by design. Greg's exactly right. Mm-hmm. It made Chris Christie look good. So think about the one-two punch that you've now pointed out. The one-two punches. Vivek points out she doesn't know where the heck the province. That's his storyline. Obviously, she does. Maybe she had a moment on stage or whatever. Right. But but it makes it look like, hey, here's your future possible commander-in-chief who doesn't know where the heck you know in the region she she would send your sons and daughters to fight and then on the other hand she uh, the commander-in-chief would need apparently chris christie to come and defend her yep. yeah. it's a one-two punch that i just for me as and as a woman i cringe at that kind of yep. stuff because i would have i would have come out and had a, had a couple of one-liners ready right because that's what you do in debate mm-hmm. prep and Chris Christie knows that yep. because Chris Christie, of course, we know, did date uh, debate prep for Trump. Yep. And so Chris Christie had that. He was waiting with his response. That was his. I was response. waiting for him to jump in and join the debate for a while. <laughs> I mean, he was like, I thought he, he was channeling his inner Tim Scott. <laughs> Seventeen minutes until he until he was asked a question yeah. or, or got in there. But Dawn is Dawn is one hundred percent right, and Chris Christie knew exactly what he was doing there. <laughs> he knew that he was going to come in there and and uh, and by repeating it too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's the other thing too. By repeating it, 
he he was like, yeah, she you know she has the intelligence of a three year old and she's uh, she can't defend her. Like he he repeated mm-hmm. his insults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was just and then she looks over at him and she kind of mouths thank you to yeah. him or something like yeah, that. Like, mm-hmm. Oh well, thank you, sir, for defending my good honor. And that is was, yeah, oh, that that is just that is just cringe, dude. It's it like is. you're going to be commander in chief yeah. already. Yeah. You, have, you have an uphill battle. No offense, you have an uphill battle because you're a woman. Yep. Don't f- you know fight against those stereotypes where yeah. I'm not going to need a man yep. to come in That's and right. bail me out. Thousand percent. And she didn't do it. Nope. She had that one opportunity to do it, and she didn't, and she nope. messed it up. if you want to climb in with your thoughts and reaction. Uh, Chris Christie calling Vivek an obnoxious blowhard. (laughs) That was pretty good. Uh, We'll take your calls if you want to climb in, 855-839-1210. But a Monmouth poll is out, and I think it shows us exactly what needs to happen after the fourth primary debate last night, we will give you that polling number as well as more thoughts on the debate. And also, speaking of debates, how did Trump's town hall with Sean Hannity do compared to the Gavin Newsom-Ron DeSantis debate from a week ago? We'll compare that when we come back. But first, let me tell you about my friends at the Piazza Auto Group. You know, one of the beautiful things about being a genuine customer of the Piazza Auto Group is that they're always trying to teach you and educate you on all of their new inventory. And I've enjoyed learning about the different brands that they carry. Yes, I have a Honda Ridgeline truck, but always kind of, you know, shopping around, seeing what the new trendy thing might be. And recently, right before Halloween, stopped on out to their dealership in Westchester to check out the Motor Trend SUV of the year. That's right. It's the 2024 Hyundai Ioniq 5, fully electric vehicle. Think about that. Motor Trend SUV of the year, fully electric. You know you're getting the unbelievable technology, but how about this? 320 horsepower plus 300 miles of range and ultra fast charging that battery from 10 percent to 80 percent in just about 12 minutes piazza hyundai of westchester and pottstown offering a complimentary home charger and 600 dollars installation credit with a purchase today you can visit the dealer nearest you or go to piazzaautogroup.com this is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. If you were having app issues earlier, should be resolved. Just reboot your phone. Vivek is rebooting his computer right now. I just saw a thing pop up on Fox. Coming up on Fox and Friends, Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. As uh, Vivek tossed a few grenades Nikki's way yet again. I think he might, you know. Remember when you were kids, like, and uh, you would want to own somebody or just crush them, and you would say, I'm going to drop a bag of flaming you-know-what on your front porch? <laughs> I think Vivek would actually do that to Nikki Haley. I, I actually genuinely think, and I'm not just saying this, I really believe it, I think the two of them legitimately can't stand each other. I agree. Maybe hate's a strong word, maybe that's not the right word, but I think these two just can't stomach the sight of each other uh, or their voices, because this has now been an ongoing thing. And you know, Honestly, if you're Trump... And, yeah, you're already looking at the polls, and you're up 40, 50, 60 points. That's why you're not there, rightfully so. You actually, not only do you love your polling numbers against these four, you also love the infighting amongst them. Because, and, you know, Christie has carved out the path of, I'm going to go after Trump, and I'm going to be the guy to stand up to the bully and the whole thing. It hasn't worked. We'll give you the polling numbers in a moment. But if you're Trump, you also have to love the fact that these two get sidetracked with each other. Right? Because instead of trying to position themselves as the better alternative to Donald Trump, they're fighting with each other 
over who said what about China and who's linked to ESG and this, that, and the other thing. If I'm Trump, I'm like, go ahead. Keep, keep choking each other. Yeah, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant decision by him not to do this because he looks like the elder statesman. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to wallow in the muck with mm-hmm. these three or four or whatever. How many yeah. were on the stage? I said whatever. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great move by him. Really is. Let me give you these polling numbers, and this is also which will – I'm going to link this back to why I think it's time for this individual to uh, bow out. So I saw this yesterday. Uh, the latest Monmouth poll is out, and the question was, do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of – and then insert Republican candidate X. Uh, Donald Trump has a plus 61 favorable opinion – Amongst Republican voters in this Monmouth poll. Plus 61. Yeah. Very, very good. Ron DeSantis, surprisingly, plus 43. So he's technically, you do the math, he's, he's only 18 points behind Trump the way this poll question is framed. Then there's a major fall off. Vivek Ramaswamy, plus 13. Nikki Haley, plus 12. The only person in the negative is... Sloppy Chris Christie. Chris Christie is a yeah. minus 53. Yeah, he's hated he, in his party. There is nobody out there. You think Joe Biden has no fans. Yeah. There is no market for Chris Christie in the Republican Party. And you say, well, he's the most moderate. He's the rhino. He, he I, Based on this poll, I mean, I don't even know that rhinos like Chris Christie. <laughs> So, which goes back to my point, and I know you guys have had conversations with him and charming in this. I would say, from a television standpoint, forget forget when he does interviews or he's a a panelist or he's on ABC in these Republican prime. What is his? And I'm just again on television in these moments. What has been his redeeming quality? What has been the, something that he has said or done, or a f- smile on his face, or anything that says, you know what? I kind of like Chris Christie, or you know what? That was a really interesting point. Or you know what? I'd like to have a beer with him. He resonates with nobody. And I think this poll truly shows it. I think right now, we you know, we were saying Ron DeSantis is going to bow out after Iowa. I think it's time for Chris Christie to pull the ripcord. Dude, it's over. Well, to, to your very point, it, it does beg the question, you know, that it seems to me, that the RNC wants him on that stage or wanted him there last night. Why? Yeah. So, I, you know, I, this is my little conspiracy theory. <laughs> Rana. <laughs> but I, I just think that he's the guy. He helped Trump back in the day because he was the guy who took others out for Trump. And now the question is, who's he taking out here? I I think actually he, te- he teed it up last night for Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Even though he was disingenuous, I think... In saying, oh, well, Nikki Haley, Nikki's a smart lady and blah, 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 blah. But who did, who did he help last night? Chris Christie actually helped Ron DeSantis, to your point, because even though his DeSantis is Governor DeSantis's demeanor was, you know, his hands on his hips. Sometimes my son does that on the football field. We're like, stop with the hands on the hips. You know, it's bad body language. Some, some people are afraid to pose for pictures. Like some yeah, people yep. just can't. It's a really where weird. Where do I put my hands? Yes. You know? Yes. He's got where do I put my hands yep. problem. <laughs> he does. You're exactly right. So I just think that DeSantis last night, if I'm really looking at it, who looked the most presidential? Who won it on policy? 
I would put it to DeSantis last night. So is he there, based on what you just said, is Christie there to elevate DeSantis, or is Christie there to get Vivek the heck out of this race? Both. Okay. Because I, I, he's remember, like the, the consigliere. Because Vivek, Vivek's know? the outsider, right? Yeah. It's like almost like, hey, like, hey, Chris, stick around because we can't have mm-hmm. another outsider here, right? We got to keep it the swamp, right? Yeah. So he, you know, because he was he was taking out, he was taking on and taking out Vivek, but I also think he hurt Nikki Haley, and mm-hmm. I don't believe because he's he's a calculated guy. Yeah. I, and I so I think that he Chris Christie was there and he helped. Sort of like, um, you, you know, like in football, right? He's he's leading the way for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's, he's blocking. Yep. And he blocked both Nikki Haley as well as Vivek, and that gave DeSantis a chance to look good. Well, he is built like a tackle. <laughs> he could play left tackle. Sloppy Chris Christie could step in for Lane Johnson at any moment. You never See? know. There you go. 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in. We will get to this ratings flop. Uh, Donald Trump's town hall with Hannity actually pales in comparison to the DeSantis-Newsom debate. And, and then an interesting question. With town hall numbers continually declining for Trump, but polling numbers going up, do we make anything of that discrepancy and disparity? We'll get into that as well as on the other side after Dawn's news. we got to get to the Ivy League fallout. We've got a Harvard backpedal and a Penn president that could be out of work by the end of business today. And it's so bad that even the White House is shaming the Ivy League. We'll get to that as we continue. Hour 2 on the way. Nick, Dawn, and Greg. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday mornings 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.